at the height of conflict in one relationship I was in. Just before it fell apart, right? Uh, we decided to go mini golfing. And mini golfing is a fun activity, right? Like, you just, like, hit the ball, you follow it, you move on from hole to hole. It's lots and lots of fun. Not this time as much because we were deep in contempt and bitterness and unforgiveness and fighting and argument conflict there's no way out of it and we just like eventually were laughing about how horrible of a date it was and it was a total mess it was so screwed up and I I don't. I doubt she's listening to this, but if she's listening, I'm sorry. That was screwed up. But it's comical to me now, just because like how horrible, how messy, how awful dating and conflict can get, and it even shows up while we're trying to play mini golf. Well, anyways, my name's Matt, everybody. I'm Candice. And this is Dateology, and we are a voice for Christian metropolitan dating, where we collect honest stories, like the one I just said, to find liberating wisdom for discovery and companionship. We will graciously be your hosts, and today we're going to talk about the mess. Just the mess of dating. It gets messy, right, Candice? We are messy. Humans are messy. I thought you were just talking about you and me, like we, when you first said that, but, Man which is also is, true. We're a part of the species <laughs> of the human race. Okay, so let's just catalog some of the ways mess might show up in dating. All right, because it gets messy. And I feel like the more vulnerable we are with another person, which dating, like if it's happening well, yeah. there's going to be a lot of vulnerability, a lot of openness, a lot of honesty, right? So it's going to get... N- Mess. I want to put a megaphone on that. If you're dating well and vulnerable, <laughs> it's gonna be messy. Mm-hmm. Because I hear a lot like, oh, it shouldn't be this hard. Yeah. And to some degree, sure. Like, if you've got dysfunction in a relationship, maybe you're pushing mm-hmm. through something you shouldn't. Yeah, but yeah. But if you're being authentic with another person, right. that's hard. There's, like, boundaries of abuse and neglect that are mm. clear also. And also, there's some standard baseline messiness that happens and even some of the best most functional relationships right just because we're i mean just a bunch of sinners running around messing everything up right so that's what happens that's what's going on in dating and um look it it gets bleak sometimes right um and i know like i'm just doing everything i can to make everybody feel great right now but let's can it, it'll get What's great. Like the honesty, like honesty. We're turning on the lights. Like, what is that like imagery of like turning on the lights in a kitchen and all the cockroaches? Oh yeah. Like, we didn't yeah. bring the cockroaches there. The cockroaches were there. We're turning on the. We're light. turning on the lights, and one of the lights, one of the cockroaches that we see. Your relationship turn- is a mess. Everyone's <laughs> right, relationship right. has totally been a right. mess. Everyone's relationship. We've been all a had mess. those moments where you're like, you plan the mini golf, you know, date, and you're both <laughs> oh like gosh. in the car for like half an hour. <laughs> Like, are we still going to do this? Yeah. You're, like, oh, looking man. out the window. Right. Time is, like, flying by. You're, yeah. like, uncomfortable. Oh, you man. You want to cry or yell or leave. Yes. But you can't move. Oh, man. Have oh. you been there? 
No. Like, you know what I'm describing? <laughs> I've never been there. What's that like? All my all my relationships have been a total dream. Like, walk in the park. Like, all we do on every date that I've ever been on is just walk in the park and walk on beaches. Long walks on beaches. But some of the things that I think are contributing to the messiness, I... No, okay, wait. What? First, hold go on. Ahead, go, go ahead, go ahead. I want to say that the messiness isn't wrong. I think the messiness is what it is. It is what it is. We are humans. We are a mess. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And it's normal. And that's great. And and simultaneously as it's normal, it's worth grieving and being upset about. Yeah. Being bummed out about and disappointed by and uh, asking for forgiveness about all of it. Right? Like, that's, that's what the mess is maybe even there for is to... You know, I'm, I'm kind of giving away some of what we're going to get at later, but, like, some of the mess is there to help us, like, realize how much we need God's help in this mm. sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, one of the biggest ways that I see us needing help is um, the height of expectations yes. of perfection oh, that we have in dating. Sure. There's a resistance to the mess mm-hmm. that kind of perpetuates the mess which is very interesting oh absolutely yeah expectation will do that Mm -hmm. so um one thing that you said in our intro episode that i love candace was for some reason in dating we like to think that you know everybody um everybody dating it should just be a lot easier than it you know, like w- there's a should that we put on dating that it should be easier. It should be less messy. It should be less complicated, even though the rest of life, nobody's expecting their jobs to be easy or less right. complicated or perfect. Right. Nobody's expecting their well, churches, maybe sometimes, but like uh, nobody's expecting their relationships with their families to be easy, sure. less complicated or perfect. Right. Like, but there's a few things that get reserved with this. Uh, for the should space of like this should be easier this should be less complicated right and Mm. what if like dating's one of those places where we've just made a faulty judgment yeah around yeah you know what it's gonna be a mess sometimes yeah that's it you know and the sooner we accept that yeah which makes sense yeah because i come to the table fully human Mm -hmm. i was raised by broken people in a broken world we've Mm -hmm. talked in our previous episodes about some of the distortions and culture and churches growing up and Mm -hmm. our own experiences and then i have preferences and things that are important to me and quirks and then you come to the table with your full own version of that and if you and i are having a conversation it's a dysfunction cocktail right like it's 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 uh you know, sometimes it's the perfect storm, right? Like where it gets really messy, really complicated. Which, okay, right? we take that into the work sphere. Say you and I are yeah. like putting something together, doing a project. Right, we're coworkers, we're working on something. How many times have you like been frustrated with the person you're doing a project with because like that's not how you expected it to be that's yeah, not what yeah. you wanted and it's just like Candace you should off. be doing it this way time. right 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 oh you don't answer your emails promptly enough right right and uh, like I'm doing all the work and you're not like pulling your weight like that I that just sort need of time thing. to be created <laughs> exactly yeah and so we come to the table with our own expectations and our own self-justifications about why the other person should be different. In fact, more often than not, should be more like us. Yes. 
and why the way that we have it is the right way. Oh. Right? Yeah. So I'd say this is, like, if if we're not aware mm-hmm. that this is a factor going on when yeah. we're dating, who, like, uh, we're oh. not going to know what to do with the mess. Right. So either, like, the, the mess in itself is going to get bigger because yes. you, you don't realize that it's normal and you don't take the time to, like, oh, yeah, this happens. Yeah. we got to work it out. Right. And it could also cut you off from dating someone that could be a really good fit for you, but mm. you're like, oh, it's a mess. Not the right one. Wash my hands of that one. Yeah, yeah, because it should be easier, right? Yeah, it should be less complicated said, than this. Yeah. I right. saw, I thought that movie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, this is just like really, really like putting off the alarms of like, we got to talk a lot about and normalize the mess of dating, right? We're doing a disservice to ourselves if we're not willing to acknowledge that it's going to be complicated sometimes, right? And I think one of the beautiful tells of a a good and healthy relationship that's functional where there's a lot of love, a lot of intimacy, is uh, kind of like getting to hit those summits that are at the top of conflict Mm. over and over again, right? Mm. Where it's just like, well, we worked through this mm. and things have settled, right? And yeah, me and my girlfriend, like we just like had a long conversation and man, it was like in the parking lot at Target for however long, <laughs> right? Five hours. But Store you know closed. what? It, we each said our piece. We kept talking. We kept talking it through. And you know mm. what? Man, it is settled. Yes. yes. I had a relationship okay. where... The person kept wanting us to do like very holy, beautiful things. Like yeah. read, you know, scripture together and books and like do, you know, common yeah. prayers together. Beautiful. Yeah. And so they'd get frustrated when we had to have these long talks. Hmm. And my retort back would always be like, this is sanctification. This is the holiness right now that God is inviting us into. Mm. So sometimes he invites us into scripture and sometimes he invites us into this. Like we yes. are doing it in the moment. For sure. God disciples us through our circumstances. That's what my sister always says so Mm. i think it's really true like sanctification happens in relationship with people if the goal of the christian life is like uh the love of god and love of others glorifying god and respecting other people like these kinds of things well we're gonna have to like get a lot of practice in that with actual human beings well where do we pick up perfectionism like Mm. it's nowhere in the bible (laughs) outside of jesus who like half the time i'm like that sounded like a rude comment (laughs) and most of the (laughs) time that's real so and most of the time uh here's i think actually one of the sources Hmm. of perfectionism um especially in christian communities is uh we we expect ourselves to be jesus um like live up to the levels of perfection of Christ and expect Mm. other people to do that as well. Mm. Uh, Instead of actually receiving Jesus as the savior and we can't do it and nobody's and everybody's going to let us down all the time. Right. And, uh, and you know what, every one of those moments, I've got to step into these, these opportunities, forgiveness and following the the teachings of Christ. And I'm going to screw it up all the time. Right. 
And uh, and so that's where I would say one of the sources of perfectionism comes from in Christian communities mm. is when we inappropriately think that we need to be like Jesus rather, and the way to be like Jesus is to be perfect rather mm. than being like Jesus is to admit just how badly we need Jesus's help mm. because we can't do it on our own. We got to be saved yeah. in order to like find the sort of righteousness yeah. that he lives in. I'm going to quote your sister. Okay. Gosh, my sister gets lots of quotes from us. She's, She's a spiritual director. A She's very woman. wise. Yes. Um, and I remember, so I saw her for a long time um, in spiritual direction. And there was a point that I came in and I, I had that kind of faulty mentality of like, I was kind of the savior. And I like, why yeah. are these things not working? And she pointed out to me like, no, we are the Israelites. We are the ones wandering in the desert that keep having to be like, God has to keep coming down and like saving us from ourselves. Where's God? Let's build a golden calf, right? Like, (laughs) like, we misplace ourselves in the story. Yeah, that's good. That's very, very good. Um, And we we misplace ourselves in the story of Christ too. Like, Mm. um, more often than not, like we want to treat ourselves like Jesus when we're actually Peter and we're denying Christ or mm. um, you know or, or like Judas and betraying Christ right mm. so that's um, it's good to find ourselves in those places rather than the self-aggrandized view of uh, which is prideful and actually sinful yeah. in that way like like oh dude I'm, I'm a lot like Jesus right now and I can save the day right like no the, the thing that's really beautiful about, and this is the Christian message, this is like really the Christian message, is that it's all a mess. Mm. We're all a mess. Our dating lives are a mess, our personal lives are a mess, and, uh, and, when, and through Christ, we have the ability to look that right in the face yeah. and actually admit it to ourselves and to God who can actually save us yes. from it, right? Which is like, beautiful. Be with us and, in it. And it's- and what can happen is mm-hmm. we instead say, well, I have Christ in me, and so I should look like Christ. Mm-hmm. And then there's this like high expectation on self and a lot of shame that gets built up mm-hmm. because they keep falling short. Right. Yeah. And, oh man, and, it's, and we... And we need to normalize the keep falling short. Right. right? And that's scripture. Yeah, right? exactly. We all fall short yeah. of the glory of God. And if we, yeah, we all fall short of the glory of God. And while we're still sinners, Christ died for us, right? Oh. So uh, it's like built into this whole understanding of Christianity. And now just to loop this back to dating, right? The mess of dating. Man, it's, it's we're going to fall short of any, any standards that we have for ourselves or for other people. Other people are gonna fall short of our standards. Mm-hmm. We're gonna fall short of whatever standards that we think are good and appropriate, right? Which is the context of intimate relationships. Hmm. As Tell you me more. Tell me to more. any person, yeah. you are just seeing more of like authentically who they are. You're gonna see more of their flaws. Hmm. Even in friendships this happens. Like you get really excited about a friend that's new and then, like, because they haven't recently upset you. You haven't seen, like, them <laughs> right, be late or, like, right. blow you off or go through a hard time oh, yet. Man. So, like, yeah, you yeah. put someone on a higher standard. Mm. And yes, so yes. that's one piece of it. It's, yeah. like, commitment and relationship. Over time, you'll see people fail you more. Yes. Because there's just more opportunity. Right. And then there is that attachment piece of... The closer I get with you and rely on you, the parts of myself that are connected with my 
like needs and unmet needs as a child get exposed and so we start replaying our childhood patterns and that is normal it's like something that we expect when we do couples counseling is to see childhood patterns being played out on both sides yeah yeah Ooh, you know this is interesting um so yeah i've done like a solid amount of therapeutic work and whatever i feel like one of the biggest temptations for me when i'm like in a relationship is to judge a person according to the amount of therapeutic work I've done, right? So mm. it's something like, uh, like, oh, I'm aware of uh, like my childhood patterns in this, but this person isn't. You know, I get super mm. judgy. That's some of the mess that I bring to the table then. Sure. Which oh, is I like, hear you, yeah. and I am a therapist. <laughs> so <laughs> part of my flaw in any relationship is I can analyze yeah. and I can point out someone's Dysfunction, which hmm. is an asset in a therapeutic office because it can bring empathy and patience yeah. to healing that place. But in different relationships, <laughs> man, that can be the like, hmm. Oh, yeah. I, it could just be like the voice of the you. accuser, right? Right. Yeah. And, um, and which then is I like, become like on the other side of it rather than the other like yeah. we are both. How do we get out of this? Here's, here's I think, an important part. So some of... Um, when the when the mess inevitably comes up, right? And if we're honest, if we're being honest in a relationship, it's going to, right? So when the the mess inevitably comes up, how do we respond? And what I'm thinking is the beautiful provision of the teachings of Jesus is his teaching on forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? 70 times, 70 times, forgive your brother or sister if they've sinned against you, right? Like there's a provision there that is remarkably remarkably meaningful and um, allows for whatever mess that sparks up, whatever problem that enters into the relationship. If we're going to live in unforgiveness with that person uh, or be unwilling to ask for forgiveness from that person, Mm -hmm. then... uh, the relationship just like gets really, really smoggy and mm. and hard to yeah no clear yes. uh, connection. I want to take a step before the forgiveness. Okay, okay, great. And that's curiosity. Okay, okay. So as things come up, I think we are so tempted to like hunker down, get defensive. Yep. See my side as being the right side, and we feel like we're being attacked almost. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Instead of, oh, you're different. Like, what, what are you trying to communicate with me? What's important mm-hmm. to you in this moment that I might be missing? Mm-hmm. And if we can, instead of trying to decide, oh, is that right? That you feel that way? Mm. Why do you feel that way? Hmm. Just changing the perspective of, like, help me understand why Curiosity, you feel that way. that's great. I don't feel that way, so I'm, like, missing something that's going on right now. To be willing to learn, yeah, and open to that. That's a very, very gracious and beautiful thing, I think. Um, and know what's in that that I love is that it puts um, puts the people in conflict in a relationship on equal footing, mm. right? Where it's not about like, here's my superiority. I'm in like this position where I'm like uh, better defended and in the right, right? You know, something like that. Mm. There's just like like a openness in that, which... Man, that's so needed in these conflict moments in a relationship, that's right? so tender. Yeah. Some of these conflicts are so tender because mm. so in couples counseling, there's this idea like 
the the issue is never the issue. Huh. It's something deeper. And so the most simple things, picking a restaurant, you can be in a relationship and like, why is someone responding that way? They're like crying and they feel slighted by me and like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But what can happen in that moment is this person who you care about is feeling some like injustice from something that happened to them when they were a kid and maybe they never got to felt like they were never thought yeah. of in making choices and <laughs> you know they're they always got skipped yeah. over on yeah. picking the restaurant yeah. and so now this vulnerability that's <laughs> coming up you know i be like that doesn't make sense and you're crying and you're emotional right, 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 right. but there is an opportunity to like i get to know about your childhood and i'm stepping into like a 12 year old version wow. of you yes, yes, yes who's like in middle school who just like won a tournament and you're little sister got to pick their favorite restaurant again but it was your special like day to be yeah, celebrated yeah yeah, and you yeah hate this restaurant right and and it's like this opportunity like mm-hmm. oh i can love this 12 year old version of you yeah with empathy and patience and mm-hmm. do for you what your parents couldn't do for you that's interesting because that makes the the conflict and by being curious about it and wondering what's below it it turns the conflict into a provision for intimacy, yeah. right? So and repair um, and repair, redemption. redemption. Yeah, all these great things. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, I think there's, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, um, and I think the thing that allows a person to pivot into that state of mind rather than like, okay, this person's getting defensive. Well, I'm going to defend my side too. Yeah. Like, what makes that possible? Like, what? I think curiosity, shifting into curiosity is big. Positive regard? Positive regard. What do you mean by that? In moments of tension, we're quick to think the worst of the other person rather Uh, than assuming the best. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So uh, to use one of the psychological terms that I have learned, right? Like... Which is like splitting, splitting a person, mm-hmm. like as a coping mechanism, where we oh. uh, we either demonize a person or oh. we angelicize a person, yeah. and so in a moment of conflict, it's easy to just like demonize a person and be like, "Well, um, this person is now all bad. There's nothing good about them, right?" I, so now I need to. I want to take a moment because as okay, we're talking take a about. Moment. <laughs> Well, because as we're talking about the mess, we're like in this very high level of intellectualizing it. And I'm just realizing like how tender, how tender this is that as we're thinking about our own mess from our childhood, the weight of the places that I fall short, the places that I'm embarrassed of, Mm -hmm. the ways that people have wronged me in my vulnerability, how I wronged others and their vulnerability. Yeah. I don't know, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just wanting to sit in that wait for a moment because as people are listening, I just want to honor, like, whatever's coming up for them, I'm just making some space for that and realizing that it's heavy. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Candace. No, yeah. <laughs> That was my therapeutic moment. <laughs> sure. Just as you were talking, I think some stuff got stirred up in myself uh-huh. where, oh, like there's certain people in the moment that I can see in my mind that like, man, if you could only, if you could have not split me. And then I instantly yeah. have that conviction of, oh man, if I didn't split that other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. You know, I, that's a really good point, Candice. Um, even what you just described. I appreciate that you were able to both see yourself 
uh, and I think it's important that everybody see themselves both as the victim to this and the perpetrator mm. of this, right? Mm. Like, so whenever there's a mess, it's easy. Uh, it's an easy temptation to play the victim in it and be like, "Oh my gosh, this person's like my boyfriend, girlfriend, like my this person I'm dating, like they're." They're acting irrational, right? right? And like turn into big judgment, and like they are totally getting me wrong. What's wrong with them? Yeah. Like I'm the victim in this. Like can't they see, right? Mm. And uh, to zoom out on that and just push pause on it. And I'm not saying it's all wrong, but there's just layers of contribution to any conflict, any mess going on in a relationship, where uh, we're we're all the victims and perpetrators at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, and maybe our victimhood looks a lot like passive aggression, mm-hmm. which just perpetrates the uh, further problems in the mess, right? Yeah. So, um, Which this might be one of those moments where we can be honest with ourselves, like maybe you don't yeah. have the tool. Maybe you don't have the tools to like know what to do. So yeah. I keep getting in this fight with, you know, my girlfriend, boyfriend, mm-hmm. and yeah, I want to be generous. I want to be gracious. I want to be em- empathic, but I have no idea how. Oh, yeah. And every time they act like this, I get so angry hmm. or I shut down. And then another invitation for, like, I don't know, going to therapy, getting yeah. informed about what to do and yeah. what's my pattern in that moment. I think that's good to get informed. I'm going to get all pastory on this for a sec and just say, yes, like, please. that's also the moment where uh, as soon as we feel like, oh, gosh, I'm contributing to this in ways that I don't feel like I understand or yeah. could could relay, that is prime time for, like, okay, Jesus, you know what's up here. Hmm. I, uh, I don't know, hmm. but... Um, but I see that this is one of those spots where I really need you to yeah. do some saving work and help me out here because, uh, and, you know, confess it as an issue or sin or whatever, right? Yeah. And, and like, say, like, okay, there it is on the cross, and I trust you with it. Mm-hmm. Would you make clear for me the next steps so for, like, good. how you're going to yeah. uh, take me on through this, right? Oh, like, I like you, that. you want me to do some soul searching on it well you lead the way and you know that kind of thing god is so faithful Mm -hmm. i can think of times in my life where that has been my posture like even like theological questions or places of growth of like lord i don't have the answer but can you help me yeah and then just like the uncanny provision where the next day someone will be talking about it or i'll turn on the radio and like Someone will be, you know, discussing it or God will set up a circumstance for me to learn it in a way that I could really receive it. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, all of a sudden there's a, a conference for like shame or, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like, oh, wow. Or I start, I start like watching Seinfeld a little bit more closely, right? And I just realized for the first time ever, <laughs> dang, these characters are all really awful people. And those final episodes of Seinfeld where they're all on trial and mm. they're all guilty. And it's just like, oh, man, yeah. These people that I've been laughing at and connecting yeah. with for nine seasons, right? It turns out all along the way, the stuff that I've been laughing at has been pretty screwed up, mm. right? And uh, and 
therefore, as I'm watching, I'm like implicated in the guilt of it. There's these moments, these mm-hmm. wake up moments yeah. that come in like surprising ways where it's like, okay, yeah, that's that's me too. And there yeah. there's some awareness. And that's like one yeah. of those places where I need... I need the Lord, and thank God for yeah. Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> making me aware of I him. really <laughs> appreciate Larry David, uh, yeah, the creator of Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, he's just someone who is authentically <laughs> such a mess. <laughs> I really appreciate him. Oh, I love it. I would love to shake his hand. <laughs> I so agree. Oh, my gosh. Um, he's a mess. And thank God he's willing to put his mess on display in a way that normalizes it for humanity and I think in a way that um, allows us to see like gosh yeah yeah, that's that's pretty normal and most of us don't externalize it and get enraged like mm-hmm. how he does externally but a lot of it's just within we yeah. contain it so I like that I like that you said that yeah. and I appreciate how much um, the normalization of the mess allows for the acceptance of self and another person in the mass a reliance on god as being the one who can save us from it sure uh entering into curiosity and forgiveness with another person so that the relationship can get cleared up again yeah right and there's and then uh, mostly what you said which i thought was brilliant the way that the mess the conflict getting curious it actually turns into a provision for intimacy Mm. so good and I do want to recognize that you and I, this is our work. Yeah. And so I understand for people, you might be like, I would never have this conversation. <laughs> I'm like, I don't get this deep. Um, and that's part of like doing this podcast is then mm-hmm. you can tell the person you're dating, your friend, like, listen to this podcast and let's talk about it. So because... if you had this show sent to you, <laughs> this is a cue for you to ask questions to the significant other who sent it what to you. What do you want me to know about this? <laughs> how can we, the, the good question will be, hey, how can we talk about our mess in our relationship? What are we not we talking about? We are so prone to be externally focused. Mm-hmm. And critique the things that are around us. Mm-hmm. And this podcast, this episode, is meant to warmly invite you into this communal and individual process of internally looking at yourself with honesty. Mm-hmm. You can do it. You got it. And be brave. When you when you are brave to look at yourself, know what you're gonna find there? You're gonna find the unconditional embrace of the Lord. Not right away, maybe. You might oh. find a lot of discomfort. Well, thanks for <laughs> n- no, no, negating like, I don't that. want someone to like go oh into this like, moment of silence and be like, that's it, I'm going to find the love of God. And the first thing I feel is like, Ugh. No, like, Candace oh, is wrong about this one. Inside of myself. <laughs> like, God is there. Yeah, absolutely he, he sure with is. Yeah. You, but the first thing that you might find is like, it's the mess. Right. Yes, yes. Yes. For sure. Yeah, and I just want to put it. people well. Because, yeah. And I think someone quoted you today, actually. <laughs> a friend of mine yeah. was talking about silence. And when you practice silence, mm-hmm. um, how the first things that you might feel are not this like pleasant bliss. Right. It's the pain, the depression, it's, the angst. Yeah, it's the ways that our restless hearts are seeking to find rest in God. Like the yes. first thing we feel is our restlessness yes. is in silence. So. It's the, the need, the longing. Yes, yes. 
Yeah. And then, yes, the answer for that is, like, Christ is there with you. He is. He'll never yeah, leave yeah, yeah, forsake yeah. you. So it's you're right. There's another step in there. I, I, I agree. I just don't want to over I just like talking things. about the beautiful hopeful results which is also true and i'm realizing my role in this is constantly like (laughs) please take the gross truth of reality Uh (laughs) to prepare you for what's difficult and true not because i'm hopeless i'm so hopeful but i want you to see the truth awesome candace thank you so (laughs) all right everybody hope you enjoyed this uh, just a lot of love for you if you're listening. Fight well this week. Fight well, lose well. Blessings on you in the process. <laughs> because sometimes I'm going to deal with the grim reality of of life that sometimes we're going to lose. We're not just going to... And sometimes God will show me the hope and beauty and flowers. I love it. Bring it. Okay, thanks, Candice, for talking. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for fighting for, well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And losing well, okay. And thanks, Brad, for editing this. Thanks, Brad. King among men, Bradley Witty. Well Love said. him so much. Well said. Um, so if you like this show, share it with some folks. Share it with people who you love. Uh, rate us. Talk with us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We would love to hear what you have to say. And until then, we uh, well, I guess we'll you know do your thing. We'll do our thing. <laughs> Blessing. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye.